You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, that's me, Casey McGovern of Nursepreneurs. Today's episode is sponsored by Jane, an all-in-one practice management software with helpful features to power your practice. One of Jane's most popular features is online intake forms. They're designed to be convenient, allowing patients or clients to complete forms on their schedule rather than during your treatment time. Jane's online intake forms help you collect all the information you need before your appointment begins. You can choose to send your intake forms manually or enable them to send automatically at the time of booking for a more hands-off approach. There's even a friendly reminder sent 24 hours before a patient's appointment if they forget to complete it. And when treatment is done, you won't have to worry about chasing payments. Jane's PCI-compliant payment solution, Jane Payments, allows you to securely collect credit card details through your intake form. To see how online intake forms can help you spend more time helping your patients, head to jane.app slash guide to book a personalized demo. Don't forget, you can use the code NURSECEO at the time of sign up for a one-month grace period applied to your new account. All right, everybody, this is Casey with the Nursepreneurs Podcast. I am here today with Marsha Ray Cage. She is a nurse down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and she is the owner of um, a business called Heart Academy. Um, so she has a long um, history of nursing. Her journey started back when she was an LPN and progressed to today when where she's kind of doing it all as an RN and a business owner. So I'm super excited to have you, Marsha Ray. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Awesome. I'm excited to be here. Um, so I, uh, to start, Marsha Ray, I would love to hear just a little bit about sort of how you got into nursing to begin with. What were your nursing origins? Um, nursing was actually not the plan. <laughs> um, nursing was the furthest thing from my mind originally when I started. So um, just to, to be quite honest with you and quite frank, I didn't know what I wanted to do. All I knew was I wanted to be in business. I always envisioned myself um, getting out of some type of fancy car with a briefcase and a cell phone and some heels. Oh so gosh, whatever, whatever job... Whatever job allowed me to do that, that's what I wanted to do. I love that. I love that image. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what I wanted to do. That was that was um that's what I imagined. Well, um my mom didn't think that that was a good idea. And um she pretty much told me two options, which was mortician, because everybody's gonna die at some point you'll always her thing was job security okay so you will never run out of work um and the other thing was nursing because everybody gets sick and so that has proven true um it's especially you know i was talking to her uh during covid and i'm like okay if 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 you weren't right about anything else <laughs> in life you were right about this. And so that's, that's kind of how I um, got into nursing. So I was like, let me, let me just dip my feet in it first. And so I went to school to become an LPN and I did that for a little while first. And then I kind of liked it. Um, but for 
some of the things I wanted to do, I was kind of limited as an LPN. And so that's when I went back and got my RN. And first of all, I just think, I just want to comment. I've heard so many stories about, um, people whose parents sort of had that similar mindset, like mm-hmm. these are your options. These are the the career fields that are a smart choice, go into A, B, or C. I will say your mom is the first that I've heard tell their child to go and be a mortician. And I, that is just, <laughs> that is just cracking me up because I'm imagining like me as a teenager, right? Like I'm not going to be a mortician. I don't want to go with dead people. That's too funny. Um, but I love that. And your mom, I hear, right. Everybody's going to die and everybody's going to get sick. So it makes a lot of sense. Those two career fields are, are going to be here forever. Um, where, so you're from Louisiana, where did you start your days as an LPN? Were you in Louisiana for that as well? Or did you kind of bump around? Pretty much. Yeah. Born and raised. Um, I did venture out. Um, I think it was around 2012, 2013, and I went to um, Atlanta, and I worked at Northside Hospital uh, in labor and delivery, um, which was awesome, like yeah. absolutely amazing. I'm not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that hospital, but at the time, they were numbered. They they delivered the most babies in the world next to New Delhi. Wow. So um, I. I just felt like if I was going to go into that area, I need to uh, be at the the best place that I can be to get the most experience, the most bang for my buck, so to speak. Um, So I applied with, with no, I kind of applied just, you know, just out of faith because I had no, I didn't think that they would ever call me ever sure. call little old me <laughs> like ever <laughs> and they did and so um you know long story short I moved there for a stint but for the most part um I've been back home almost nine nine or ten years now so for the most part my, my the majority of my nursing career has been in Louisiana okay so in terms of your nursing career at this point if I'm sure for many of us, there's a laundry list of sort of settings we've worked in, but tell me about that. Like at, you've worked in labor and delivery. Where else have you worked along the years of your nursing career? I started off in long-term care, which I said I would never, ever do. <laughs> I hated it in clinicals. Yep. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. And ironically enough, it was the first job I had and I, I loved it. I loved it. I stayed in long-term care for six years. Um, wow. After that, I, I mean, I pretty much did everything. I've done skilled and rehab. I've done, um, I'm currently working on telemetry. Um, I've been a pediatric nurse, uh, med surge. Uh, I've been director of nursing, assistant director of nursing, um, MDS nurse, like, you know, doing the the back office of trying to get the the the, the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, I've I've pretty much I've pretty much done it all. Uh, with the exception of the only thing place that I can think that I haven't worked is ICU and um, OR. I've worked in the operating room, but only for C sections. Okay. So, right. Yeah. As a labor and delivery nurse, probably. Yeah, correct. So along. Along the road, at some point, you—it seems like you went back to that 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 dream that you had as a younger woman 
of being that businesswoman, but you married it with, with your nursing career. So at what point, what was that moment when you said, wait a minute, I, I, business is still an option and sort of tell me about how the idea for your business evolved and, and how that all happened. So to be quite honest with you, uh, the whole time I was a nurse, I've always had a second job. So even when I was telling you about the long-term care in that nursing home setting, um, even doing that, I was working weekends the majority of that six years. And so I was off, you know, the weekend program, you work 32, you get paid for 40, those ghost hours. Um, I had a young, uh, my daughter was young at the time. And so it was just freedom for me to be able to, you know, she didn't have to go to daycare. I'm off Monday through Friday you know, I can be available for school functions, things of that nature. So um, weekends work for me. But during the week, I still managed to find something to do. So <laughs> during that time, I was a realtor, you know, selling real estate. Um, we've had a used car dealership, you know, I've, I've wholesale real estate. So I've always found something to do in the meantime, in between time that kind of was um, along that business vein. And um, so I never, I never not participated in business somehow, but I feel like um, nurses, just with the training that we have, kind of make some of the best business owners because of our ability to critically think. So, you know, you don't have to go to, to business school. Like us as nurses, I feel like we can look at a situation and critically think and strategically figure it out. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I love that. And I love that you see that because I will say that one of the, one of the sort of, um, uh, sort of hiccup moments or, or the thing that holds a lot of nurses back is that they, they don't necessarily recognize that in themselves. And yet, you know, at nursepreneurs, that's what we're saying too. We do make some of the best business owners. So I love that you were able to recognize that without necessarily needing someone to shove you in that direction because it's yeah. so true. So yeah, true. indeed. I mean, it's, it's, what we do, for example, um, I've, I've actually made it my framework. Like even when I do speaking engagements and, and things like that, I use the nursing process as my framework. Like even in my business, I use that in my framework. I mean, how can you not use that in life? And for the ones who are not familiar with the nursing process, it's our little five steps where we assess a situation, which is, you know, everybody does that in life, or at least they should. Um, <laughs> And then we make our nursing diagnosis. We, you know, come up with a plan for the patient and, you know, try to implement that plan to see if it works and then evaluate it. And if, if it doesn't work, then we're going to go back to the drawing board and, and figure it out. And so I feel like that closely aligns with everything in life, but especially in business, because that's the only way to strategically plan. You know, that's the only way to be strategic in your business. So I mean, that, that's the framework that I've been using. And I teach that to my kids and everybody else I know. Like if, if just being safe, anywhere you go, when you walk in a room, you assess the situation, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, to me, that's just the way of life. And so that's been the framework that I use for everything. One thing I like to highlight and that, that, that nursing process sort <laughs> of highlights too, but that we're all afraid of in business and you tell me if you agree with this, is that at the end, right, we make a plan, we implement it, and then we evaluate it and see if All it right. works or not. 
which Correct. means we just try. We have to do something. And then sometimes it doesn't work. So we go back to the drawing board. And that is another spot in business where people think I have to succeed the first time. It has to be perfect the first time. Um, but no, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. You just got to try. You've got to make an educated decision, evaluate everything, and then implement it and reevaluate. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So I love I love that part and, and the fact that it sort of draws back to business and the fact that it's not going to be perfect the first time. And I'm people, I'm, I'm people, I, I, I've done that several yeah. times um, because of the, I don't know, it's, it's not a fear of failing. I don't have a fear of, a fear of failing. That's, that's not it. It's, um, I mean, I, I, I guess that's part of it, but for the most part, failing for me is losing a lot of money. <laughs> and that's the fear. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like that's the fear because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I still have a, a life to maintain, kids to take care of, et cetera. And, you know, a lot of us start off as um, nurse, that's starting as nursepreneurs. Um, a lot of us are self-funded, you know, because we, we don't have, uh, you know, a, a business background. A lot of times it's it's kind of difficult, especially uh, because we're considered a, a high risk. Most of us, the, the businesses that we start are considered high risk. And so we don't get funded oftentimes. And so my business is pretty much self-funded. So it's got to work or it's got to work. Yeah, but that's it. It's got to work or it's got to work. And, you know, and, and it sounds like you're making it work. So speaking of your business, will you tell me a little bit about the business itself, what you do in your business, and um, and then we'll sort of riff on that a little bit. Okay, so um, the Heart Academy is an entry-level healthcare education school, basically, and Heart is an acronym. It stands for Healthcare Education and Resource Training. Um, what is this? Twenty? Oh, we're in twenty-four now. So February next month. Next month to be two years. Next awesome. month to be two years. Where? Um, from the time I was licensed, we had our grand opening in March. So um, basically we teach CNAs, which is certified nurse aides, CPR, and we are trying to add phlebotomy this year. Um, we've been we've been pretty decent um, as far as the CNAs and CPR are concerned. I've had a lot of successful students. I'm, I get text messages or screenshots or phone calls several times a week, you know, from when they've passed their prometric exams or they booked their first travel contract or something like that. So it's, it's very, very rewarding and gratifying. But I will say this, the genesis of this business came because I was disappointed um, and I, I wasn't happy with what I saw <laughs> okay. uh, with the, with the, with the, the, the workforce, as far as CNAs and even some nurses, honestly, that was out there. I mean, you know, something as basic as vital signs was not being done correctly. There was no compassion um, as far as caring for these people. And, you know, I, I said to myself, um, one job I was at in particular, I won't name the place, but I just, I'm like, is this is unreal? Like the, and I remember one CNA in particular. I had a, I had to, I ended up firing her. I was the director at that time, um, but just no compassion. And it, she literally treated it like, okay, this is just a job, and this is not the 
area to be. When you're dealing with people, I mean, it's just a job, no shades anywhere else, but you can work at Walmart, Amazon, you know, go open, go file somebody's taxes or something. I don't know. But (laughs) dealing with people, um, sick people at that, um, oftentimes dying people um, is, is just not, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with what I saw. And so I was having a conversation with um, one of the LPNs and I told her, you know what, I'm going to open my own school. I'm going to open my own school and I'm going to train them and raise them up the way I want them to be. The same way you would do your kids. <laughs> like you you train Absolutely. your child up the way you want them to be and go into the world and be, I'm going to do the same thing with these certified nurse aides. And if if nothing else, I'll know that I've done my part to contribute. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and, and that's what I did in the, in the, um, I started beginning of, not beginning, middle of 2019. And, you know, it was a slow process because I had no examples. I had no mentor. I had no, none of that. It was just figure it out, failing my way forward. Um, and then of course COVID happened and (laughs) it sure did. (laughs) And so what probably could have taken a lot less time uh ended up turning into um almost a a year because things were shut down um you know board meetings wasn't happening you know just just life at that time I'm, i'm sure everyone's aware of that but i i still had and 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 mind you i told you in the beginning of this nursing was never like on my uh, vision board, let alone <laughs> opening a school, teaching CNAs. Um, and so, but something in me, I guess, you know, God or whatever, it just kind of kept me pushing forward, like push through regardless of what's going on in the world because it's needed. And so here we are, um, fast forward 2024, we are, um, six, something I lost count but over 60 something students later incredible yeah and I think what's so beautiful about that and this is the thing that so many nurses and so many people in general how many times have we all been in the middle of doing something whatever it is in life and in nursing and said oh this is frustrating it should Mm. be done it should be done like this Mm -hmm. or I could do it better and then our day keeps going and or maybe we're excited about something for a few weeks and then life gets in the way and it's hard and there's steps and it's a process and we're all busy and we lose yep. sight of that thing. But you saw it, you felt it. I'm sure it was a build over time of sort of constantly encountering, uh, you know, less than ideal personnel. And oh my God, yeah. yeah, right over time. And then you finally said, that's it. I'm just going to do it. But I, what I really love about how you did it, and I know maybe you would have done it maybe even differently if, if the pandemic didn't hit. But what I think is important to highlight is you can do it slowly. I think a lot of nurses who are interested in business have a misconception that you have to jump in head first and put yourself at risk and not be able to put food on the table for months at a time. Right. And, and the beauty of nursing is that from a career perspective, you can always do something at the bedside 
in or you know remotely as a nurse or anything you can always be maintaining some type of income as you move into the business world correct right and and so in terms of you said from middle of 2019 until uh what 2021 february of 2021 is like officially when you were licensed yeah so you took a year and a half really to kind of get off your feet yeah or onto your feet yeah i guess um and that's okay there's no rule book about how long it has to take from sort of idea to launch correct <clears throat> correct yeah exactly so yeah, right about that and then and, you know i wanted to touch on something you said earlier uh you know when when a lot of times we're excited in the beginning because it's this new idea and and rah 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 and then your first failure hit and most of the time we quit mm -hmm. we we tap out oh this isn't working it must be a sign it must be a sign it's not working but i just could not quit i couldn't tap out well and and I think it's what you're the way you're talking about it. It sounds like you were pretty passionate about this particular sort of quote problem that you saw in the healthcare workforce. Yeah. And I, that's another thing is it's one thing to feel like, oh, I can do this particular thing better, but I do think it's important that whatever the thing is that maybe you decide this is where I'm going to launch a business around this thing. You have to feel really passionate about it because there's a million things that each of us could probably do better than than what someone else is doing. But if you're just sort of lukewarm in terms of your feelings about that particular problem, it's not the business. The business is the one that you are feeling like really fired up about. Yeah, because you're I think right. that's part of what has to drive you. Right. You can't just be like, well, I know that I can do this and I know it'll eventually make me money. So I'm going to do it because it's most definitely, you know. Most definitely. So sort of going back to when you were launching the business and sort of, like you said, failing forward, were there, are there particular moments that you can remember where you were kind of this close to quitting? Oh, several, <laughs> several. Um, well, I, going back, I started off with a business partner. <clears throat> okay. And so um, we were kind of trucking along, chugging our way along. And then, you know, life happened on her side. And so that didn't work out. And so, um, it was kind of going back to my framework, <laughs> that, that nursing process. So going back to that and trying to, you know, come up with a different plan. Um, I had to restructure the organization, um, you know, as far as contracts and, and things of that nature, um, the business plan changed, obviously, um, and then implemented again, <laughs> and then try to, you know, move forward. And I, I did. Um, but I mean, I understand that life happens to everyone. And I don't, I don't, I can't necessarily say she had the passion for it that I did. And so, you know, the first thing happened just like you said, you're not going to stick to it um, if you don't have that that internal drive to do it. Um, and she's doing great now. You know, she's a nurse practitioner as well. Um, <clears throat> doing very well um, and has been very supportive, but it just didn't. That was that was like the first uh, that was the first thing that happened because uh, a lot of our paperwork we had already submitted. So I had to go back and revise it. Um, and, and resubmit it. 
but by the time it was time for resubmission, COVID happened. And um, so a lot of things were that, that delayed a lot of things. Um, that was just, that was just one of the things. And then even now, currently just hiring staff, um, it's, it's hard out here. Even, you know, we have to have either an LPN or RN to teach the courses. Um, I'm a small business. So oftentimes I can't compete with the pay that they're, you know, cause you know, yeah. they were, they were out there making this COVID money. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, with that said, I, I started off teaching, um, and I still do. I, my next class is February the 19th. Um, so I started off teaching and I absolutely love it, but it, it does, um, become kind of a juggle when it because I still work full time, by the way, I'm a telemetry nurse. And so it's kind of hard juggling that not, ne not necessarily the class part, but the clinical portion, because when I get off work, you know, um, depending on where we're doing clinicals at, I either have to, I have to schedule it on a different day because I, I, I work nights. So when I'm getting off at seven o'clock in the morning, but we're supposed to be somewhere for clinicals at six or seven, you know, obviously that's a, that's a, a scheduling conflict. So, um, that's, that's just been, been part of the journey. I would say that's, that's been the biggest part. Um, and then in the very beginning, uh, just marketing and getting the word out there, because the first couple months I didn't have students because nobody knew about us. And um, me not knowing the marketing budget was what it was, I kind of had to start off shoestring and we were pretty much word of mouth and we we grew. We still a lot of word of mouth, uh, but because I'm still working, I'm still, you know, out here in the field in these hallways, talking with these, you know, <laughs> patients and um, hospital administrators and things of that nature, I've been able to get the word out. Which is amazing. I mean, I've heard of businesses that they never spent a dime on marketing because everything was word of mouth. I don't think that that's clearly the exception to the rule, but that is another thing. And I'm glad you talked about that because I was going to ask you from a business perspective, a pure business perspective, what you think the biggest challenge was or is continues to be. Um, and it sounds like marketing is the thing. Marketing and um, again, staff, yep. staff, staffing yep. um, now, even even now, because like I said, in, um, even though COVID is a way of life now, um, we know in nursing, it's never done. So now we're in flu season and, you know, it, RSV and, you know, it's, it's always something. So just like the hospitals and the nursing homes are strapped, and, you know, just the other night we were doing total care because we didn't have any CNAs. So just, just like, you know, these big corporations, and that's the, you know, it's probably not a good thing to say, but that's the only thing that makes me feel better <laughs> because I'm knowing if these big corporations, these big hospitals are having the same problem I'm having getting staffed, then it's not me. You know, it's, it's just the nature of what, what's going on. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, you know, we talk to a lot of business owners and I have lots of, for example, in our communities at Nursepreneurs, lots of IV hydration, business owners, concierge business owners. And exactly. That's the same thing is at some point you want to be able to outsource some of your work and not be doing every single thing for your business on the back end and the front end yourself. 
And that's a reality of business is staffing, finding good staff, staff that stick and getting everybody to come to work. Cause especially in cold and flu season and everyone's, we're all working with sick patients. We're bound to get sick sometimes. All right. Um, let me ask you this kind of going back to the, to the, I was just going to say to the heart of your business, no pun intended, but Um, going back to your business, walk me through sort of what it looks, let's say I'm a, I'm a high school or young college age woman who's out there. I decide I want to become a CNA and I find your website. Walk me through the process of sort of a, a prospective student coming to you and then what it looks like for them to go through your programs. Okay. So you found the website with that said on the website, all the information is pretty much there from what the class is about, the schedule, the tuition, um, the requirements, um, everything is pretty much there, but you know, you can give us a call. The application is online. They apply. We receive the application. We review it. Um, we call them back and just review um, the things, the requirements that they would need, like their background check, COVID, uh, TB, things of that nature. Um, and it's, it's a pretty streamlined process. Everything because of the pandemic, um, is done pretty much online. I didn't require that anybody had to come in, um, just for safety reasons, of course. Um, we, they, we only met in person when it was mandatory. So the application online, background check online, they can submit all their documents online. They can upload it to our uh, grade link portal. Um, and so even with orientation, we made that, we kind of had to adjust that and we made that the first day of class. And it was helpful uh, after. So we kind of just kept that business model just because um, a lot of the people that we serve have issues sometimes with transportation, childcare, things of that nature. So, you know, logistically, it was just uh, more convenient for the student at us. And so when they show up, they're showing up for the first day of class because we've went over everything. I keep in touch with them every step of the way. Um, so once I receive their background check, I go over that with them. Some of them make it, some of them don't because obviously certain things on your background won't allow you to proceed. Um, and then once we do that, um, a lot of them are excited. And like you said, you know, if, if they're high school students, I've had students from, you know, aspiring nurses. Some of them are actually in nursing school. I've had pre-med students, respiratory therapists, ambulance drivers, um, people just, you know, looking to do something different and transition, post office workers. Uh, my son's, well, not my son. He. He's, she was, uh, she worked at his school. She was a math teacher at his school. Um, and at the time I didn't even know that she taught at his school, but I get a lot of school teachers um, approaching the summertime because they're looking for supplement income or supplemental income for the summer. Um, and so I, I streamlined the process because of the pandemic basically, and it, it worked out still. And that's pretty much what we do. The program, if they're in during the days, it's three weeks, three to four weeks. Um, and if they're doing evenings, it's five weeks on Tuesday and Thursday nights for the people that need something a little bit more flexible or, you know, people still work full time. 
And so we originally started off just doing evenings and, you know, we added days because of the, the, the man, thank God. I'm, I'm so grateful we had a demand. <laughs> so, um, but, and, and that's pretty much it. It's pretty, it's a pretty short, um, course. And your classes are live. Well, meaning either virtual or in person, but they're live. So the Tuesday, Thursday evenings, there's a live instructor for each class. Same thing for your daytime classes. Indeed. We are in person. Louisiana is one of the states that don't allow online. So even during the pandemic, we couldn't do anything virtual. So um, you wanted to know a business challenge. That was another one. Finding facilities that would allow us to still come in to do clinicals because- okay you know, they, they had restrictions, you know, they, everybody couldn't come in. So speaking of state by state, so just to clarify, so if you want to be a CNA school, what did, what was that process on the sort of legal side of things for the state? Okay. So Louisiana is one of the states, again, we can't do anything virtual, anything online. So everything is in person you have to be licensed by the Louisiana Department of Health um, on the health side, on the education side, uh, well, approved, not licensed. You have to be approved by the Louisiana Department of Health. You're licensed by the Louisiana Depor Board of Regents, which is a totally separate process. So you start off with Department of Health, just trying to get the basics of what you need but it's a lot that goes on um, on the back end, in the background. The Board of Regents is more your curriculum, you know, your course development. They kind of collide as far as that's concerned because Louisiana requires a minimum of 80 hours. I know some states, uh, 75, I think South Carolina's 100. I think they, they have one of the, the higher uh, hourly requirements. But you, you have to have your I's dotted and your T's crossed. So as far as your instructors, they have their resume have to read a certain thing. They have to, you know, have taught in a long term, not taught, but worked in a long term care area, whether it's skilled nursing facility, geriatrics, et cetera, for at least two years or better to be qualified to teach. They have to be an LPN or an RN. Um, in Louisiana, other states too. We can only do our clinicals in long-term care setting or a skilled nursing setting. Although CNAs can work anywhere, these are the settings that we can train in. So then, then you have to think logistics. Because it's a school, you can't be within so many hundreds of feet of a bar or a liquor store or you know things of that nature. Interesting. Yeah, so it, it, it's a lot. You know, You have to think about your zoning um, you have to think about uh, being disability accessible. So, you know, are your doors wide enough? Do you have stairs? Can you accommodate, you know, a person with a disability? So all of these things are going on. And a lot of people say, well, they want to open the school or they want to teach, which is great, you know, but it's a lot that goes on on the back end. And we're not even talking about, we're not even getting into the fees that it costs to get the license to begin with. And then you have to have your insurance bonding, you know, workers' comp insurance. And again, with the area that we're in, it's considered high risk. 
So your insurance may be a little bit more expensive. Then you have to think in the future, um, when you're looking at your building, the size of the building, do you plan on growing? Because if you plan on growing, then you might as well start with a bigger building to begin with. Because if you decide to move, then everything has to be approved first before you move. So even something as simple as changing your phone number has to be approved by LDH or Louisiana Department of Health before it's done. Um, and on the Board of Regents side, everything has to be approved as far as the courses you want to offer prior to you. You cannot advertise it. <laughs> you cannot do anything until you get approval first. And so um, I've been kind of coaching some people who want to start their own healthcare education program just to, you know, I'm glad they come to me and ask because it's a lot to get into. And I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a, a mentor or any, I just kind of, like I said, fell my way forward. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm glad you sort of talked about that. And so there's, you know, in full transparency, there's some barrier to entry here because the legwork on that front end is significant. Um, Very. Let me ask you a question about, again, from a business side of things, how long did you, would you say it was between launch and the point where it became profitable? Because realistically, often in business, initially you're in the red because there's some startup costs associated with any business. Yeah. Um, but so how long until you thought, okay, this was all worth it because now I'm at least not in the red anymore? Um, I'm going to say about eight to 12 months. And the only reason I say that is because, like I told you earlier, I, I was self-funded. So I didn't have any overhead. I didn't have any loans. I don't owe anybody. And the only cost I have is operations. So, you know, rent utilities, things of that nature. I don't have any um, other investors or, sure. you know, anything like that, um, that I would owe nobody else. I'm 100% I'm owner of the company. And so about eight to 12 months in, I, I had recouped the money that I put into it. And so now, and because I told you, I didn't have any instructors and I was the RN coordinator, the janitor, the, you know, the intake, every, everything. And I, I still don't take, I don't pay myself yet. So everything I make pretty much goes into the business simply because I still have a full-time job. Like I still work. Right. So everything goes back into the business. So being profitable eight to 12 months in, but now that I'm in this second year and I'm kind of focusing on growing, I think this is going to be kind of a bleed out year just because of all the money that I'm putting into marketing and, you know, things like that. I didn't realize marketing was so expensive. It sure is. I know that's one of the ones that I think a lot of um, early business owners forget to account for. Mm-hmm because it just is, it's just a reality. It's, it's an expensive, I mean, but it's expensive, but also if it's done right, it's, it's the number one, most important sort of expense in your entire, in your entire list of expenses from a business Indeed. perspective. Um, 
Well, that's good to know. And what I, you know, I like to, this is none of the businesses that we usually talk about are nursepreneurs are get rich quick schemes. And that is one thing that, you know, often people are looking for. And in reality, the beauty again, though, of a type, you know, a business owned by a nurse, like your business is that you can continue to work your job, your full-time job. And this can be sort of a slow burn and the long game. This can be, you know, your five-year or your Mm 10-year plan for when you're, you know, you might be thinking maybe someday I'll be ready to leave the bedside. I have these ideas. We'll start them now and let it be that slow burn so that you never are in that position. Like we've talked about, uh, you know, where you're like, it's make it or break it. And if I don't, if I don't make this business work, I don't feed my family. Yeah. You know, that's the, but right. that is the beauty of so many nurse owned businesses. I think is that they are often things we can do slowly on the side while we're still working our full-time jobs. And the beauty, for example, it sounds like for you is you need to have connections or it's helpful to have connections to, to secure clinical sites. Yeah. With a nursing background, you have that, you know what I mean? With your, and, and continuing to be in that world, you continue to make valuable connections that actually feed back into your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's been the blessing um, because of the connections I have. It wasn't as difficult for me as it probably would be for somebody else who's not in the industry or, or, you know, not nursing to have the, because I, one of the facilities where we go, I'm the only school that they allow to come there. So, and this is, you know, up against LSU and, you know, Southern University and some of these other places, I'm the only school that they allow in, in their building. So I'm, I'm extremely proud of that. And it was all because of relationships. And I'm glad you touched on that because that is extremely, that's, that's like the number two thing (laughs) as far as opening the 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 business the relationships are extremely important i would venture to say you know even more valuable than money um just depending on the type of business you're getting into because some businesses you get into it doesn't matter how much money you have your money can't buy your way in the door you know it's those relationships Yep. They need to know you, like you, trust you. And hopefully, you know, you've already, you, you've been sort of fostering those relationships throughout your nursing career. So they're there when you're ready for them. You are spot on, spot on. Yep. Even one of the hospitals where we work, they are so, so, so accommodating um, with, with my students. They let us come whenever we need to, you know, that one, we do have to compete a little bit with some of the other schools just for space and and time but they have never they have never said no even outside of clinical with some other things that i was doing as far as marketing uh like with shell petroleum and some of these other things they opened up a whole floor for us the floor that was shut down to let us do our photo shoot so that's what i mean when i say relationships you know to allow us to do things like that like where do you know where the hospital opened up a whole floor for you that's literally closed down just so you can do a photo shoot. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that speaks volumes to probably, you know, I'm just meeting you today and I can already tell you, I'm sure that speaks volumes to who you are as a human and sort of the quality of nurse that you've been throughout your career for people yeah. to say, absolutely, Marsha Ray, I've, I've got you. Let's do this. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I, I appreciate that so much. Like I can't, I can't. So whenever they need me, um, I'll drop what I'm doing 
you know, to assist however I can, because they've extended that to me. I love that. So as we start to wrap up, I have uh, a couple of wrap up questions. The first is for any nurse who might be listening, who says, hmm, that is a business that I really, a business quote model that I really love. What is the first thing that you would tell them to do if they were like, I'm going to, I'm going to twirl this around a little bit in my brain. What was the first thing you'd tell any nurse to sort of go and do or research if they're thinking about starting a a training program like yours? Twirl it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Think about it and be sure you have the, the mindset. That's another thing that I don't think a lot of us take into consideration. You definitely have to have, I'm, I'm big on personal development. You definitely have to have a strong mindset to be able to get through the no's. You're going to get a lot of no's, a lot of closed doors, a lot of this is wrong, go back and fix it. And if you don't have thick skin, if you can't push through, you're not going to, you're not going to, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Research the requirements for your state because each state has its own set of rules. Louisiana is just different from any state anyway. We have parishes, all the other states have counties. Like <laughs> we, we, we're, just, we're just different. So um, definitely research your state requirements and, and have a surplus as far as your funding because you know things happen. And when you're opening this type of business, you pretty much have to open the business first, if that makes sense, because you have to have a build, you know, the address, a phone number, a website, all of this before you even approve. They just want to know what it looks like. You know, they, 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 so you, you pretty much have to open the business first and then get approved on the back end. So it, it's a lot of logistics, but again, I would tell anybody, and not just with a school, but any business you open, you have to have your your mindset together. If not, it's going to be an epic fail. Absolutely. And you be know. able to pivot. Um, you know, be be able to go back to that nursing process framework. I love that advice. And that's something that I remember when I first was connected with Katie at Nursepreneurs back in 2020, I remember her saying constantly, um, and I'm sure, I mean, this quote's probably everywhere on the internet, but it's that 90% of business problems are actually personal problems. And it's all about that mindset piece. You have to have unwavering faith, but also the ability to flex and pivot and just keep plowing forward through each obstacle because there will be a million and that's okay. Definitely. And I, I mean, in my head and maybe nobody else thinks this way, but when I come across a a problem, I'm, I'm very um, visionary. And in my head, I'm just thinking, what if this was my child on the other side of this problem? I'm going to go through hell and high water to get to the other side of this problem to get my child. So, you know, it can be your mom, your dog, you know, (laughs) whatever. But I'm knocking over whatever. I'm pushing through whatever to get to my child that's on the other side of this problem. And so, you know, that works for me. It may not work for anybody else, but that's kind of how I think of it. Yeah, I love that. 
All right. Well, this has been lovely. I am wondering if you can tell people who are listening how they can find you, your website, if you have any social media stuff that they can find you. And um, so tell me, where can they find you, Marsha Ray? So the heartacademyllc.com is the website for the school. We are the Heart Academy on Facebook and Instagram. MarshaRayCage.com is my personal website um, that it's kind of related to the school, but kind of not. It's just kind of my background, but it, you know, I've been doing a lot of podcasts lately, a lot of speaking engagements. And when I talk about uh, pivoting, because I've had to pivot and some, some of it wasn't intentional. It's just the way the business went. You know, it, it led me down that road. So when I was telling you about the CPR portion, you know, we had other businesses call, uh, after school programs call, uh, utility companies call and ask us to come teach CPR. So now we're kind of pivoting into the public health space. Um, and when I talked about resource training, that was one of the things because we teach CNAs a lot about uh, personal development, soft skills, interview skills, things of that nature. And so um, that's how my website was born. So MarshaRayCage.com. And because of the request that I get, I just, I help somebody else um, on the back end as far as their paperwork and stuff open their school, but it's not nursing at all. It's auto detailing. So um, upcoming this year, you can expect a course from me, just like everybody else. But I'm like, all these people have courses and I own a school. Absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 I built the courses and curriculum. So why do I not have a course showing other people how to do this? So um, that that's upcoming. So we're, we're working on a lot of things this year. I'm excited about 24. But that's how you can find us, Instagram, Facebook, the Heart Academy LLC website. Awesome. And you know what? That That is, um, I think, a beautiful way to end it is to highlight the fact that what so many people don't realize is, you know what? You may start a business and you may think this is your business. And then the doors that continue to open when you just keep taking steps forward may open up into a world that you couldn't even imagine from that place where you were two or four or five years ago when you were just swirling ideas around. And that is that is something that is incredibly beautiful. It's hard to wrap your head around, but just understanding that each step forward, you have no idea what the view is going to be around the corner, around the bend. So it's exciting. Let it be sort of this magical sort of process because it really is. It's it's a cool process being in the business world. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Marsha Ray. This was amazing. And everybody you, who's listening, Tracy. yes, everyone who's listening, we will um, put all of Marsha Ray's contact info, social handles, website, all of those things in the show notes. So look for that. Awesome. Thank you. This is Katie Harris saying thanks for listening. Remember, if you're a nurse who is ready to start this type of business that you heard about here today on this podcast or any other idea that is burning a fire inside of you, let's talk it out. Click the link inside the show notes to schedule your private discovery call with my team. No sales. This call is just to determine what your idea is and if we can help. Until next time, keep making your impact, nursepreneurs.